Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches. And honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. <laughs> Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. This album is dedicated to all the teachers that told me I never amount to nothing. To all the people that lived above the buildings that I was hustling from that called the police on me when I was just trying to make some money to feed my daughter. And to all my peoples in the struggle, you know what I'm saying? It's all good, baby, baby. It was all a dream. I used to read Word Up magazine. Salt and pepper and heavy D up in the limousine. Hanging pictures on my wall. Every Saturday, rap attack, Mr. Magic, Molly Mall. I let my tape rock till my tape pop. Smoking weed and bamboo, sipping on private stock. Way back when I had the red and black lumberjack with the hat to match. Remember rapping Duke? The hard, the hard. You never thought that hip hop would take it this far. Now 
I'm in the limelight cause I rhyme tight. Time to get paid, blow up like the world trade. Born sinner, the opposite of a winner. Remember when I used to eat sardines for dinner? Peace to Raw G, Brucey B, kick it free. Funk, master flex, love bug, star ski. I'm blowing up like you thought I would. Call a crib, same number, same hood. It's all good. This is the only podcast you're ever going to hear uh, the band The XX mixed with Notorious B.I.G. And I like that. By the way, The XX, an amazing band. If you don't know them, learn to love them. They're amazing. Uh, So bad it's good with Ryan Bailey. This is Ryan Bailey. This is your Thursday episode. We've made it 80% through the week. That is cause for celebration. Wherever you are, just scream a blood-curdling scream, whether you're in the car, whether you're at work. Yeah, look at that weird guy that you work with two desks down, just like, we're Thursday! And uh, do we work in offices anymore? I work mainly at home by myself, and I feel like you can really sense that. (laughs) I hope everybody's good. We got a great show for you today. I'm going to talk about a bunch of pop culture stories as we do. And then I've got this great account that I want you to follow. Uh, Her name's Grace Acuna, but her account, and I really, because I geek out about this stuff, so I assume you're like me, uh, but just with better jobs and families and stuff like that. It's called Bravoholic Data. And Grace breaks down 
all of the screen time of all of our favorite shows on Bravo. She also tracks the Instagram growth of all of these Bravo celebrities. We talk about Miami today. We talk about OC. We talk about Beverly Hills coming back. Uh, we talk about Below Deck. It is just such a great conversation, and it made me feel so smart because, you know, I almost wanted to call my math teachers from high school and go, hey, guess who used math today? But it was like fun math. Like, this is how I would have learned math. I could have been a beautiful mind or goodwill hunting if it was all just revolving around Bravo stats. You know what I'm saying? And especially, we've got a lot. I'm very curious about this week to see what Jenny from Salt Lake, uh, if she takes a dip. There was a lot of news about Jenny happening today, which we'll get to um, lightly. Um but I want to talk about Britney. I want to talk uh, about uh, Machine Gun. Now, do I have a Machine Gun story? I hope not. There's a lot of stories, but let's start. Let's start easy. Let's start with Real Housewives of New Jersey. Their taglines came out today, and uh, these were so-so. You know, taglines usually take me two or three episodes to grow on because I got to see Like, I got to start laughing at them ridiculously based on the plot lines of the ladies. So... These, uh, okay, so this is, uh, getting this from an account called CC Loves You. Uh, okay, so this is Teresa's. I have a new king, but I'm still the queen of New Jersey. So she's putting her boyfriend, Louie, in her tagline. Like, it's not, like, if we're, if we're worried about Louie being kind of in it for the fame, like, maybe don't put him in the tagline. Like, it doesn't assuage my fears, you know? Now... Jennifer Aiden, who, by the way, Jennifer Aiden got like a Whoville nose all of a sudden. She got a, a Naomi Alindo nose. Sorry, yes, yeah, started hiccuping. From Southern Charm, she 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 got like there's like a little upswing on her nose, like it's like you know she's doing like a like a kick with her nose, like in chorus line or something. Uh, so yeah, and her tagline kind of admits it goes. My nose may be new, but I can still smell a rat. Okay, that's good. It would have been it wouldn't have been so bizarre if it was like my nose baby may be new, but I can still smell a fart. Like wouldn't that just be like throw everybody off of like, oh my god, does her what is does does farts have something to do with this season? Does Bill have a gas problem? Uh now uh let's see here. We got uh Oh my God. I, okay. Jackie. Oh my God. I blanked on Jackie's name. You guys, I, I gotta tell you, I'm not a huge fan of Jackie. Like I thought she did good on the first episode of last season and then she kind of really fell off for me. So I don't know. We'll see. Hers is you don't have to pay me a compliment, but you do have to pay me respect. No, no, I, no, I don't No. No. You just don't. I mean, like that's it's just not legal. You don't have to. Uh, now, oh, I love, I love my. Uh, this is uh, uh Marge, um, Margaret Josephs, who uh, I really love. She says, "I say, when you have nothing to hide, there's nothing to lose." Now that I like that. There's like a bit of danger in that. It's like don't fuck with me because I have nothing to lose. I'll cut you and I'll cut you deep. Um, now, uh, Dolores, Dolores looking extra beautiful this season already. She is really, okay. So people have asked me and I've always, I got to write this down or if somebody can keep a list for me, 
people have recently asked me like celebrities that I like or housewives that I like. And I always forget because I'm just like, well, I've seen them all. Like I don't like the Kardashians do nothing for me anymore. Like there's, I just, but I will say there's two lately and I know I'm typical. There's like a typical guy thing, but like Sydney Sweeney from Euphoria, like, yeah. And she was from the white Lotus too. I think, you know, I kind of dig her and Dolores Dolores. I kind of dig too. But not, you know, like just like like a sweet, like we'd hold hands in a park kind of a thing. So uh, Dolores is, I don't start the drama, but I will stop the show because I think that's nice because it's like she's she doesn't get in people's business, but she's also a showstopper. I love that. Now, Melissa's is the big fail of this whole group. Unfortunately, some people are born great and some people are born Jersey, which is just like such a rip on Jersey. Also, it's the Real Housewives of New Jersey. Like, I, I feel like it's classist. Now, Melissa went on record to say that she was not able to pick her own tagline uh, and says uh, in an Instagram story, fun fact, I hate my tagline and I definitely didn't pick it. Hashtag, I'm not the boss. Hashtag, I don't understand it. So you got to realize these people do not get, you know, they have to say a bunch of lines. I mean, you kind of know, though, it must be disappointing for Melissa to be like, oh, okay, cool. The the producers hate me again. Like, you know, like the producers are like, uh, should I be saying I eat my own poop? That feels like it's too much. I feel like people might be weird. No, no, Melissa, it'll be great. You say that. It'll be fun. It's going to be a fun line for you. Um, those are the taglines, of course. Real Housewives of New Jersey premieres February 1st, I believe. And I'm so excited. I've already talked to somebody from the cast. You'll be hearing that, I think, on premiere week, which I'm very excited to share with you because this person couldn't have been nicer. Really, really enjoyed that interview. Um, and uh, up next, you guys, is a little summer house. Not a summer house. A little below deck news. Now, I watch Below Deck, I watch Below Deck and Below Deck Med. I don't know if you guys partake uh, in shows set on the sea, but there was a fascinating season um, this past year because Jael, um, I believe his name is, uh, he finally, so, okay, so Danny was this, uh, was on the ship as a stewardess. And Jean-Luc was supposedly the baby's daddy. Like, they got pregnant while together on the ship. And at the reunion, he was even saying, like, yo, I don't know if this baby is mine. Like, the reunion, they were all calling in, like, on uh, Skype or, like, Zoom, like, out at sea. But, um, yeah, we finally found out he did take um, – he took a paternity test and <laughs> – you know, he finally revealed that he is the father. I mean, because this was just so shitty to do to this woman, Danny. Um, I know this dude was scared and stuff, but it just made him look so, so bad and so stupid. Like, just to, like, do that. And it was so, like, uh, just a great disservice to Danny, who seemed like a really nice person. Um, it, huh, it was just, it was gross. It was very gross. But now he has changed a lot of uh, his social media posts. But uh, 12 hours ago, he posted this on his Instagram. As the year 2021 came to a close, a new year in 2022 begins with high ambitions and positivity. My silence on social media has been intentional and much needed. I used that time to focus on what was important to me and my mental health. I can't let 2022 go any further without sharing some beautiful news. 
An international DNA test that was done a while ago was no small feat. I'm happy and proud to say sweet and beautiful Lily Rose is my daughter. Danny and I have been working and communicating together to the best of our ability, giving Danny is a full given Danny is a full-time mother and worker, and I being gone for extended periods of time not knowing when I will step back on land. This is imperative for the sake of our daughter as she needs both parents in her life. With that being said, going forward, I will no longer feel the need to explain myself to anybody when realizing people only understand from the level of perception. Okay, it gets a little trying to be smart, but it just comes off stupid right there. I am thankful for my friends and family who have stuck by my side through thick and thin. As I look forward to this new year and new opportunities, I will be striving to be the best man and father that I can be. God bless. Okay, so you know what? He came around. I'm happy about that. You know, and obviously this is not a situation involving me at all. But Danny from the start has has been a mother and has been there full stop all the time. And and his mother, remember Jean-Luc's mother, was a real uh, was a real mother, real hel- helicopter mom there and uh, was like, no, I don't know who this girl is. And it felt like it was putting a lot of negativity in John. John Luke just seems like there's a lot of growing up he still needs to do. And I'm very happy that he's taken this first step to claim his child. But it's still it's just so it's sad to me, right? Like it's sad. But uh, this is a great step. I'm glad he finally has come out. I think it's like I love the statement of I will no longer explain myself. Like I just imagine. Imagine him writing this and he's like, what if I said I'll no, I'll no longer have to explain myself? And it's like, yo, dude, that's not how the Internet works at all, <laughs> at all. Um, OK, moving on to Vanderpump Rules, you guys. Vanderpump Rules had its season finale last night um, on Tuesday night, and they are going to have just a two part reunion. And I am so ecstatic about this, you guys. We get to see both parts of the reunion next week. Tuesday is part one. Wednesday is part two. I mean, they are really trying to burn this out, man. Like I, I just think they want this season over and done with. But I'm great. I'm so glad we don't have to drag this out for like a three-part reunion over like a month. The fact that I get to have it done and then we can move on to greener pastures. And I got to say, like I, I have, I still, I got, I don't know. You know, it's like your first love. You're always, you know, you're always going to have a thing for your first love and Vanderpump Rules was my first love. So even at this point, I can still make kind of uh, little points and like little arrows where I think we've got some play. We've got some story. We got some move. Like somebody wrote me today a DM that I thought was fascinating saying, do you think DJ James Kennedy would ever get back with Kristen Doty? And I was like, oh, no, I don't think so. But then I was like, well, you know, maybe he would just like have sex with her. And she cheats on her new boyfriend. And then all of a sudden she's back on the show. And then it's like, whoa, you know, like you never know with these kids. Like they, they're, they're hyper. I don't think they're hyper, but like their life really is truly, it seems like full of drama. And I do not know how you would ever want to live your life that way. But I'm, I feel like it's like people, um, it's like the military, like, thank you for your service because I am not brave enough to ever do that. Uh, I am so sorry that I just compared Vanderpump rules to the military. That was, that was horrible, uh, on me. So the, uh, the finale was what it was. It had some solid moments. I'm going to do a really brief recap with you right here. Um, I will say, uh, Schwartz is just this, he's a lovable doofus, but at the same time, like there was lines in this where he was like, yeah, like, I don't know what I was going to do. 
I don't, when I moved, when I first moved to Los Angeles, I didn't know what I was going to do, but I had a burning passion for it. Like, if you didn't know what you were going to do, what did you have a burning passion for? If you don't have something to do, you don't have a burning passion. Like, you just had a burning passion for moving to Los Angeles? He also said in this episode that his dream was to um, move to Thousand Oaks and have pigs and goats and be like a farmer in Thousand Oaks. Like, I sincerely sometimes worry about Tom Schwartz. Like, that's... I mean, that's like Michael Jackson shit. That's like, uh, I'll have Neverland. I'll go to Neverland and I'll have a little choo-choo train and I'll have a little roller coaster. And then I'll have slumber parties on Fridays and Saturdays. Sunday's a school night. Like, it's too much, Tom. Uh, Of course, Sandoval says his dream is to have a cover band. And by the way, Sandoval's dream came true. He definitely has a cover band. Um, So they're in Santa Barbara, of course, for DJ James Kennedy Kennedy's and Raquel's engagement party. Um, they they take out this boat during the day to get out there on the water. Raquel is given James an awkward lap dance. Like here's the Raquel is an angel. And sometimes with angels, you don't want or expect them to be sexy. Like me watching Raquel grind on DJ James Kennedy made me uncomfies, you know? Like I was like, ooh, I was like, ooh, ooh. I, I was like, ugh. Like I, I, I covered up my eyes. Not that Raquel is one of the most gorgeous girls I know, but it just, I don't know. It was just like, I don't, and I, then I hate to even, even admit it, then I was like, D- I mean, have you guys pictured them having sex? Or sorry, making love? Have you guys done that? I can't even get past like, I can't even get past them pulling their pants down. Like it just does not seem like it would make sense. Which, by the way, I've always said this, but remember the first time you had sex? I know this sounds like, of course, like I still like I I know the mechanics of it now, barely. But even then I was just like, "Uh, how does this really work? Like this seems, you know, like. (laughs) Okay. anyways, I share too much with you guys. I love I love you. That's why I share. Uh, So Tom um, is like throwing gold bond powder, I think, all over his face. Uh, it looks like cocaine. And then um, he tells uh, Ariana that she stole uh, Goldie Hawn's outfit from the movie Overboard. Yo, dude, that's why I love Sandoval. If I love that movie Overboard with Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn. It's a classic to me in my household. Overboard comes on TBS. You watch it on a Sunday. You just got to. It's the rule. It's the law. And if you haven't seen Overboard, you're missing out. I think the movie still holds up. That is a fabulous Sunday afternoon movie that I would even watch with the commercials. You know, like that's a movie where you're like, okay, you're hungover. It's a Sunday overboards on. You get like a nice diet Coke with ice, uh, maybe some chips. And then you just kind of like zone out. And then the commercials actually give you a break to play around on your phone. You know, um, Sandoval, uh, Ariana says, you know, that, uh, you know, the people gathered here for this all truly love each other and want to be better friends. And I will say that is kind of the case with this. You can tell, except for Lala, that everybody made a concerted effort to get along. Now, you could say Katie and Tom Sandoval had their bumps. Uh, Lala had bumps with a lot of them. And Brock and DJ James Kennedy. But like, for the most part, you could tell that they kind of made this arrangement of like, yo, this season, let's try to have fun. 
maybe too much fun or let's try to, you know, and, and really try to get along and be there for each other. So you saw Tom putting together Richella for DJ James Kennedy. I thought you saw a lot of these big movements because they really were trying to make this a season. And you'll hear in the Tom Sandoval interview, which I believe will come out on Tuesday, finally, thank God, uh, on the first night of the reunion, is that he even said was that we were lucky to get picked up again. But, you know, it was dependent on let's do a lot of cool stuff. Let's do things. Let's do big things. Like, this is the reality of our lives, but let's go. You know, let's let's do Richella. Like, I want it to look cool on screen. Let's do this. Let's do that. So there was so many events. And we didn't, like, I, I know for a fact they had a Britney Spears night where they all dressed up like different Britney Spears characters. And I know that didn't make the cut. I know because I, you know, I had just seen all of them on their Instagrams filming this stuff. So, um, you know, uh, the whole big thing about this trip too, is that Sheena, Sheener and Brock just got engaged, but nobody knows except for Tom Sandoval and Ariana. And they were going to sneak off and have Tom Sandoval marry them. And he brought along his, uh, officiant certificate. I loved how serious he took that, but you know, they're getting the vibes that it might not be right. Sheena slept on it and it doesn't feel right. And I was like, whoo, that is a big sigh of relief. Cause that would have been horrible. Right guys. And Sheena says that she's a people pleaser. And I was like, okay, Sheena. And Brock said he's a people pleaser too. And I was like, okay, Brock. Um, yeah, Brock goes, we're, we're both, we're both people pleasers, right? Um, Sandoval, at this point, if you see his boat outfit, he really is dressed like Robin Williams in The Birdcage. If you've ever seen that movie, it is it's very Robin Williams in The Birdcage with better sunglasses. Uh, we now cut to an alpaca farm. Ariana's loving the alpacas. Brock all of a sudden, like, you know, the alpacas are a million species. They're 2,000 years old. He's, like, spouting off alpaca facts. And Sheena's like, oh, my God, look at my little zoologist. And he's like, did you know? Did you know that alpacas got better? And Sheena's like, I'm very impressed, Brock. Um... Now, we cut to Lisa, who's just gotten off a horse, and she has her horse helmet on still, and she's setting up a picnic for DJ James Kennedy and Raquel. And, you know, this is what she wanted to give them is, you know, this is the best uh, little lunch she can give them, this picnic. And she also says that Raquel is the best chance for James, you know, James Kennedy to be given. Like, this, you know, Raquel is something that he needs, he doesn't deserve, and it's his best chance to survive in life, Lisa says. And uh, I got to say, this is really why DJ James Kennedy, love him or hate him, is very much like Jax. Because people give that both of them so many chances. Like, people really believe in both of them, and I'll never understand why. Now, DJ James Kennedy, I like a lot more than Jax, but even I, it's hard with DJ James Kennedy because... He really does pop off so quickly. And so you know that there's some real, real damage there. Whereas Jax pops up, he says there's real damage there, but I think he's just an asshole. So it, it's different, but it's like the same thing where he's pissed off. They've both pissed off so many people, but so many people, they're both charming in their own way that people truly believe in them. So they make a lot of their friends look like idiots time and time again. Like how many times have we seen Lisa give him his chance? Like, I feel like Lisa thinks DJ James Kennedy is her son as much as Max is her son. 
So uh, DJ James Kennedy's tearing up at Lisa talking and, you know, whatever. So we cut back to uh, all the other gang eating and Brock stands up and he's like, Hey, I got something to tell you. Hey, Brock, I'm from New Zealand. I got something to tell you, mate. Um, Sheena, Sheena, Sheena and I got engaged a few days ago. It's kind of turning French now. Um, and then Sheena goes, you know what? I just, I don't want anyone to think that we're trying to make it about them. And (laughs) all of a sudden Brock goes, yeah, we decided not to do it. The only two people that knew were Tom and Ariana, like bust them out right then and there. And Tom, they're both like, oh God, you didn't just say that, did you? Holy shit. Um, and I, I will say when they say they're engaged, nobody really, it's like light applause. Um, so I just thought it was so, so funny. And Katie, uh, in a talking head says, well, this is very wrong, but I'm living for it right now. We cut to grandma buttons, Raquel's grandma, who has the best damn name ever. It's like, move over me, ma with your beer cheese that we never saw Brittany and Jax. We got a new grandma on the scene. Her name is Grandma Buttons. Uh, d- d- what is that Pussycat Doll song? Loosen up my buttons, baby. That's Grandma Buttons, yo. Um, Raquel's dad is talking to Raquel. And we find out that the dad didn't give his blessing to the wedding. But he said, welcome DJ James Kennedy to the family. Like, that is darkness. And the dad goes, she's like, do you, do you trust me, dad? And he's like, yep, make the right decision. Make the right decision. Which then leads me to believe, like, make the right decision. What, like, is that, my roommate said that, like, she thought that maybe that meant, like, this was already in the works to leave him. But she had to go ahead and do this engagement party, which I don't think that. But it was a really weird scene with the dad, the father, if you saw that. Uh, Now, DJ James Kennedy's with his mom, and his mom is always... Woohoo! Wackadoo. One time I saw DJ James Kennedy perform at uh, Sir, and, you know, it's a very, very tiny dance floor. Like, you know, 15 people can fit comfortably, and that's that's kind of tight still. And DJ James Kennedy's mom, I think, I think she was still drinking back then, was like front and center and would like reach out her hand to like hold DJ James Kennedy's hand while he was uh, playing music. It was one of the weirder, it was like... It was like if my mom just watched me podcast and tried to hold my hand during it. Like, it was weird, you guys. This was years and years and years ago. Um, So um, they're at this luncheon thing or the start of the ceremony. And Ariana and um, Katie are crying. And and Lisa's like, what are you crying for, dear ladies? And they let them know that Randall Emmett decided to give them $150,000 for their sandwich shop. Um, and, uh, that's wild. So they're crying. They're like, this is really happening. $150,000, which by the way, on watch what happens live, Tom Sandoval and Schwartz were on there and says that $150,000 is no longer in play. Randall is not a part of their sandwich shop now. So they are looking for other investors. So I hope it, I hope it goes. I like, I really like Ariana a lot. I hope it goes. A female sandwich shop seems cool, but also I'm shocked. I want to know more about that story. Like if Randall wanted to keep in just to stay close to Lala, you know? Um, So Raquel has to give her speech for everybody, which, and, and DJ Jim Kennedy's like, you could, you can do, you can do it, babe. You've got this, babe. 
You've got this. You can conquer your fear of public speaking. Which is such, this was one of the weirdest story arcs of the season, was Raquel's fear of speaking, of public speaking. And I was like, oh no, the last episode we're going to get her to do a speech. Like, this is full circle for her. And I thought it was just so cheesy. So Raquel's like, um, giving the speech like, we're, we're so happy to have everybody here. And we noticed DJ James Kennedy, it's like on a balcony. He's like over to the side, whispering what she should say, like feeding her the lines. And it's just, it's really weird and awkward, but she gets through it. Proud of her. Um, so, uh, DJ James Kennedy. Now he's DJing at the party. Yeah. 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 Um, and then Tom Sandoval is talking to Lisa and Lisa is scolding him for not having uh, Schwartz and Sandy's done yet. And Schwartz is like, yo, Lisa, you know, you've got to back the fuck off, Lisa. You know, we, I, it's happening. Like, he's like, why, why are you always like this? Come on. And I will say talking to Tom, he did say they had to rush Schwartz and Sandy's to actually ha- like to get the season. Like, he was like, that was a part of the thing of, like, this will be a great for the actual show. But it rushed things to a point where they, they just they couldn't get everything done. There was just no way that was, that was going to happen. But it definitely is happening. Like, he was showing me the actual designs of it when I was at his place, the actual logo, the actual. And it was really cool. Like, I mean, it was a lot. It was it's it just these things actually do take time. But I don't know. So, uh Tom goes, it feels you're more supportive to the girls and not me. You know, it, you know, it's, it's hard to, hard to believe we aren't idiots. You're, you're still looking at us like we were eight years ago, you know, and we've grown up, you know, we are who we are today. And I, I get it. It was like this, you know, but, but Tom always just kind of like, he gets so passionate so quickly because he b- believes in things so much and he needs to step off the gas a little bit, you know, is that I think he can be confident in his abilities at this point where he doesn't need to ride so hard for himself. Is that like, yo, if you're going to do that, okay, that's fine. I will prove you wrong. I cannot wait to prove you wrong. You're going to have the most amazing drink at Schwartz and Sandy's in a couple months. I can guarantee it, you know, because I think he actually does put the work in where you can, you know, guarantee that. Uh, but I did find it funny that he was a little jealous of the girls and how Lisa treated the girls. So Lala goes up to DJ James Kennedy, DJing, and um, goes, hey, DJ James Kennedy, this is classic Lala. Can I talk to you? Brock and Sheena, they got engaged before your, their, their, their wedding, and they were about to get married today. And DJ James Kennedy takes that in and he goes, stay right there. And he goes, Brock, come here, and brings Brock over to Lala. And they start fighting, you know, of like, how dare you do this? This is all day. We've spent money for this. And poor kid, there's like a shot of Ken. And Ken looks he's like like he's on his deathbed. He's just like, ugh. He's seen so many of DJ James Kennedy's fights. Like, you know, I wonder if Ken has his favorite fights. Like, uh, this is nothing like season four. I'll tell you that much. Um, so they're all fighting. And, and Brock is like, hey. He can fight with me only once. This is David versus Goliath. And I'm David. And then he's like, oh, sorry, mate. I'm Goliath. We see Grandma Buttons alarmed. You do not make Grandma Buttons alarmed. How dare you? How dare you? Um, so, uh, <laughs> so they're fighting. And it's like, you know, DJ James is like, you're obnoxious, Brock. Like, they're both kind of obnoxious. 
Also, if this really was like part of this has to be playing up for the cameras, like because if all my family was there and all that, I just don't think I would go this hard. It would all be about like you know Raquel's day of like, are you happy? Is are you having a good time? Is my family having a good time? And um, James Kennedy goes up to Tom Sandoval and says, you know. Was this wrong for, you know, was this wrong for Brock to do? Say it, Tom. Say it, Tom. Say it, Tom. And then Lala's getting into Tom Sandoval's face. Uh, Sandoval says in a talking head, typical Lala to shoot first and ask questions later. And that really is Lala, man. Lala just wants to start shit. And I will say, for somebody that expects friendship, she doesn't, she is not a good friend to these people. She's a good friend of DJ James Kennedy. Maybe Katie a little bit because she wants so badly to be saucy, but that's it. Like, I'm I'm sorry. That's just like Lala doesn't get along with this cast. She doesn't want to be a friend with this cast. You can tell Lala is concerned with Lala. Lala wants her world to be her world. And she's very happy to step on people to get that. Like, that's just what I see. And it doesn't mean I don't like Lala. I just don't like her with these people because it's so obvious she doesn't like them. She is so, it seems like so far up that Stasi whole posse, the ass of those guys, you know? So, um, you know, now Sheena's involved and Ariana is like, you know, da, 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 and, and Lala like, get your finger out of my face, Ariana. Um, and people are like, lower your voice, Tom, because Sandoval's jumping in. And Sandoval says, to me, it doesn't seem like Lala wants to see Sheena happy. You know, it just, that's what this seems like. We finally see Randall there. Um, and uh, Ariana sticks up um, and says, Lala, you're putting a bizarre spin on all of this. And she makes fun of Lala's voice. I'm like, eh, eh, eh. and um, says, uh, there was no need for this. Lala isn't a real friend to these people. And uh, Ariana goes, you're so cool, Lala. And she's like, um, yeah, I am. Maybe one day I'll teach you. And Ariana goes, babe, I was born fucking cool. Everyone fucking knows it. Now, it's a good read. It is a good read. And I know Ariana isn't as cocky as that read in real life, but it's a good read. Um, DJ James Kennedy uh, goes, this is my night. I spent thousands of dollars. We brought grandma buttons here. He actually says we brought we we brought the buttons. How dare you? We brought buttons. James Moms gets involved, which is just like I love when James like the one time James Mom does a mom thing of like let's all calm down. Let's these kids do. And Brock is crying, of course, and um, uh, and DJ James Kennedy in a talking head is like infuriated. He's like, I got Coachella when there was no Coachella. He's talking about Richella, and it was like, no, DJ uh, Tom Sandoval did Coachella when you you know. And then so Brock goes, fine, oh, fine, I'll leave. I'm going to get out of here like a little leprechaun. Eee! And he gets out of there and Sheena's going with him. And then Sheena goes, wait, can I stay? Did you get, did we both get kicked out or did you, do, can I stay? And he's like, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I guess. But wear your ring, wear your ring, honey. And he, le like, that is the most Sheena thing of all Sheena things of like her fiance gets kicked out and she goes, can I stay? 
That is so Sheena. And by the way, Sheena doesn't seem to get it to this day because she's already on Twitter going, I don't see why people can't just be happy for me. It's like you don't get it. She still wants to fight over all of these things. And I was just like, oh, man, I remember Sheena's first wedding. Like, you know, we've all gone through this with Sheena. Sheena doesn't realize we know her like some of these people know her. You know, we've, we know a very specific version of Sheena. She, she, she. Um, uh, so DJ James Kennedy says he lost a friend tonight and Lisa comes up and it's like, no, you know, it's all good. Come on. Are you? He's like, I am all right, Lisa. I am all right. Yes, yes, yes. And you know, that is the season finale of Vanderpump rules. And next week, I really, I really think it's going to be amazing. I really do. It looks like they've got a lot of amazing stuff. We do know DJ James Kennedy and Raquel break up. She gives the ring back. We have a lot of Lala and Randall stuff, which had just happened as well. So I'm kind of fascinated to see this. Now, of course, these reunions are wild when they film them because so much stuff happens afterwards. Now, we had a huge thing with Jenny on Real Housewives of Salt Lake today. And... um you know, if you guys saw, she had posted some really hate-filled Facebook posts over the last year or like a year ago. She had left her Facebook account, account up, even though she says in her statement she had deactivated it. But it was saying a lot of stuff like George Floyd was a, you know, was a drug addict and over like it was, you know, saying that you should um, run your car over protesters. It was a lot of uh, really intense things. Now, I don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat, but if you're going to talk about violence to me in terms of hitting any, you know, like I just I, I ain't down with that. Sorry. Um, uh, and I'm really not looking to argue this point, but this was a lot of hateful stuff and it got found and it got put up, which begs the question, as we always say with Bravo is like, who's vetting these people. Now I go back and forth on this too, because listen, we're not all the same person. Hateful things are said all the time. We've got to accept that there are hateful people out there. So my thing was that, you know, we've already shot the reunion. I, I want Andy to, to do another like sit down and, and talk to her about what she thinks, especially what her views are about race in America, because part of Jenny's storyline this uh, this year has been Mary Cosby saying that she had slanted eyes and being offended by that. And then it's just like, OK, well, hurt people hurt people. But she was saying tons of uh, really offensive stuff, uh, you know, using the terminology of like these blacks and stuff like that just really um, made me very uncomfortable. Um, and I just don't think there's a place for that. I don't think there's a place for that with Democrats. I don't think there's a place for that with Republicans. But I do want to hear what she has to say about it. She's a very uh, a well-educated woman. And now remember, if you remember her niece's TikTok that got released a long time ago, that said a lot of these kind of similar things about Jenny of like, you know, my aunt is a little off and – you know, and and uh, it seems like that is proving to be the case. Now, Jenny made a statement finally today after so many people were making comments about this. And by the way, they are filming the third season as of last week. And I believe Jenny's a cast member. So I don't know if she will remain a cast member. Um, but I want to put that out of like a lot of people are like, well, I know what she said. She just deserves to be fired. But they haven't fired Ramona yet. Ramona said a wild lot of wild shit. Now, it's way worse uh, with Jenny in terms of just what she's posted on social media. Um, you know, with social media, it's like, yo, just post memes about like housewives and poke fun at them. Like you don't need to go that hard. Like, why are you going that hard? Why are you like showing the hate 
online. Like I'll, I'll, I sometimes just don't understand that. Is it's like maybe it's like people feel like it's their only power or something to to express themselves. But I just I I don't know. It makes me sad. I think it probably makes you guys sad too. Uh, so this is Jenny's apology. I don't know what you guys think about it. She uh, said, "I want to acknowledge." and apologize for my deleted Facebook posts from 2020 that resurfaced today. At the time, I thought I was speaking out against violence, but I have since learned how offensive and hurtful my words were. It's why I deactivated that account more than a year ago and why I continue to try to learn about perspectives different from my own. I regret these posts and am sincerely sorry for the pain that I caused. So this is kind of a very... um. It's a very by-the-book apology. Now, us Bravo fans, we've been through the ringer in terms of apologies. I'm sure it's a, a form letter at this point. So it'll be very interesting. Now, Bravo doesn't really do a lot when it comes to these situations. I thought this was a little bit more egregious than usual, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, I also, sometimes I know I'm not the person to lead this conversation as a white dude, Um but I am very interested in this conversation. Um, I've, I am very interested to see what they do. And uh, I just don't, I personally just don't, I, it, it's like the criminal stuff with Erica or the criminal stuff with Jen Shaw. It's like, I just, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I turn on the TV to watch somebody hate on race or watch somebody, you know, like, I don't know. It's 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 a really interesting thing to think about, and and the discourse hopefully can be a little more nuanced than uh, discourse I usually see around these topics, where it's just like cut and dry, like "fuck you," "no fuck you," "no fuck you," and I truly want to know why Jenny thinks some of these things. I don't know. So I'm not going to keep getting into more of that until I know more information. Uh, and I wanted to end before our guest, which by the way, you got to stay around for the guest. I'll put the timestamps too. If you wanted to skip there right now, I totally understand it. Remember this show is your show. You can go whichever way uh, that you want to with this show. And that's why it is so exciting. Also, if you need more, me and Medica Lopez did a two hour um, shooting the shit slash Real Housewives of Miami recap over on the Patreon. And I start Gallery Girls uh, this weekend, episode one, which I'm very excited to recap over there. So baddies, thank you so much. I love you. Thank you for supporting me. It's just a little club we have. We call ourselves the baddies. It's, it's a cool name. <laughs> oh, and sorry for my mic, you guys. It keeps... um loosening up so that's where you're hearing a little bit of that mic noise so i apologize i'm trying to keep it straight but it keeps falling and that's where you hear that so i wanted to end with a little bit more jamie lynn spears and britney spears because it seems like eight billion things happened today matthew rosengart britney's attorney was back in uh court today and in seven days Brittany will have access to her money finally. And I'm going to talk about that in a second. But really quickly, I wanted to give you a recap. My friend Marissa listened to Call Her Daddy so I didn't have to, the podcast. And, um, uh, you know, it just, I didn't want to, I li listen, to be honest, I love Britney Spears. I don't give a rip about Jamie Lynn Spears, but I want, uh, you know, I want to pay attention to what that is. Uh, of course, the uh, Call Her Daddy I talked about on Monday, I believe, and Sandra sent me a note a little bit more about Alex, uh, Alexandra Cooper, who hosts Call Her Daddy. So Alexandra and this girl, Sophia Franklin, hosted Call Her Daddy together when it was at Barstool Sports. Um, 
Alex stayed with Barstool. Sophia left and started her own podcast, Sophia with an F. So can we get Sophia, Sandra? That would be interesting. Um, sounded like a super toxic thing because Barstool made merch that said Team Alex, cancel suit man. Uh, Sophia talks about her mental health during all this a lot. Um, Alex had six or seven more months with Barstool and then signed with Spotify for three years, a $60 million contract. Uh, since the switch to Spotify, her whole show, show has changed. Sandra says she now interviews more celebs like a normal pop culture show. Not much sex anymore. You and me both. Hey, um, with Sophia, Alex had her jokes ghost written, ghost written. And they played a persona in a way. So now it's celebs, relationship advice. She dipped her toes into TikTokers, therapists, things like that. Pretty sure her audience went younger than it was before and less males now too. Um, uh, so a lot of people have stopped listening. But this, I mean, we're all talking about it. But I just think that only works a couple of times before people genuinely kind of think you're disgusting for for actually giving people a forum. And I've, done, I, I've had a few guests and I've actually have like a guest coming up that I was going to release today, but I wanted to talk about Britney Spears. And this person is, you know, Britney Spears adjacent. Uh, but I've done the interview like months ago and I was just like, ah, damn it. I can't, I don't want to talk about Britney and put this person on the same episode as Britney, even though I do am fascinated by this guest that I have on. But the Jamie Lynn thing, especially now, it's just, it's such a, it's such a, such a grab for both of them. Jamie Lynn wants the attention. Alexandra wants the attention. Like, I don't really think Alexandra Cooper really wants to speak to Jamie Lynn Spears. So it's just kind of weird. So Marissa, listen to this for me. Thank you, Marissa. And so here's some highlights. Uh, she says that she wasn't planned. She was an accident baby, which, you know, wow. Um, she didn't know her mom. Di um, she didn't know why her mom didn't leave her dad for being abusive earlier on. She felt that Justin Timberlake was a positive male father type figure in her life. Uh, she talks about how sad she was when Justin and Brittany broke up. She wrote that Brittany was changing when Jamie Lynn was 11. Um, said, wrote that Brittany was changing when Jamie Lynn was 11. A debilitating exhaustion. I guess her personality started shifting. Brittany. Uh, then she talks about the um, the lie about the knife. Says Brittany grabbed a knife and <clears throat> Jamie Lynn took them in a room, um, and saying she was scared. So there's like this whole lie that Brittany's furious about. If you read her Instagram posts, saying Jamie Lynn lied about this. This never happened. Brittany never uh, took her or threatened her with a knife at all. It just never happened. Um, was told to be quiet about things so she wouldn't speak up and realize that's not normal. Uh, she and her mom would fight a lot. Her mom would lash out and hit her with a beaded purse. Uh, makeup artist, artist saw the bruises on her neck. Uh, felt like a prop. She couldn't voice her opinion or do anything that would put Brittany in a bad light. LOL. Uh, they didn't compare. Well, you don't have to do it anymore, right? They didn't compare each other. The world did. Um, she says, says doesn't matter who her sister is. It shouldn't diminish Jamie Lynn's experience. It felt like her whole life didn't matter. And she cries at this point. Um, Brittany offered the mom a house to get divorced. And she did that. She did. But Jamie still came to Lynn's house. The dad, Jamie. Uh, supposedly it wasn't comfortable with staying in a house that Brittany bought. Oh, I'm sorry, Jamie Lynn. You weren't comfortable. Didn't like that. Brittany was the breadwinner being young would see, uh, being young. She would see Brittany have episodes, uh, keep saying she can't speak how it affected Brittany, but can speak about her and the, um, 
her experience and it doesn't diminish her own experience. Her friends showed her a pic of Brittany shaving her head and that's how she found out. She knew her parents would want to isolate her when she when they found out she was pregnant. So they bought burner phones because they wouldn't want any of the information out. Lynn wanted the team to fix Lynn wanted the team to fix Lynn and the team kept trying to get Jamie Lynn to have an abortion. Oh, this is about her pregnancy. Okay. Sorry. Her experience. I thought we were talking about Brittany's. So Lynn wanted the team to fix uh, Jamie Lynn and the team kept trying to get Jamie Lynn to have an abortion. Jamie then gave the rights to OK Magazine to her being pregnant. She moved to Mississippi when pregnant. Brittany didn't know before the article said Brittany couldn't know. Uh, and she found out from the paparazzi that her sister was pregnant. She closed herself off while Brittany went through everything in 2007. She was very monitored by her mom and TV got her, uh, uh, her mom and TV. She got her GED. She went to get emancipated, but she never did get emancipated. They agreed to let her do what she wants. Claims she never asked Brittany for money. Now, that's all information. It's probably kind of mumble jumbled and you're like, oh, okay. But the point is, and I said this yesterday too, was that for somebody that this is the story of your life, it seems like this is all about Brittany. And that's where the problem is. So I get it. I, I mean, I, I get the, I, I try to be sensitive to the fact of like, wow, I understand that there must have been some problems having that kind of legend in your family, you know, and, and, you know, that you're in her shadow in a way, but we're also dealing with somebody that has said, please stop talking to about me, my family, especially stop making money off of me. So for Jamie Lynn to make money off anything involving her sister, I think is just moralistically wrong. And like, is a family wrong? Like if my family ever, I'm trying to think of something like if I ever got to be the biggest podcaster that's ever lived and then they sold like my journal from high school that I left back in my bedroom, that would be fucked up, right? Like that would be like, why did you do that? Why did you give them information about me? It wouldn't be right. And that's where I feel like we've kind of got this muddled and, and then the back and forths and all that stuff. It's just, it's becoming too much. And I don't, um, I think this is just exacerbating Brittany's actual experience and ordeal that she's told us she's going through. And she is mad. And even the Instagram post the other day, she's like, I should have smacked the shit out of you as a little girl and my mom for, you know, and she even talks about like seeing Jamie Lynn, you know, had, had a nice crushed up chocolate milkshake. She was laying in the pool at nine years old and had a Nickelodeon or 11 years old, had a Nickelodeon show. And she was like, I never got to do that. I was always practicing and working. How did she get to do that? I mean, Brittany seemed jealous of her sister. That's how fucked up this is. So some good news, though, is today, um, you know, like I said, Matthew went to court. Britney Spears to gain control of her money as judge refuses to reserve funds for legal fees. Uh, the court has not yet determined whether Britney or Jamie Spears should pay for legal fees he accrued while acting as conservator of her estate amid allegations of financial mismanagement and abuse. So the fight over whether Britney Spears should pay millions in legal fees racked up by her father while he was conservator of her estate isn't over, but an L.A. judge won't allow funds to be kept in the conservatorship until that's decided and has ruled the performer should have access and control over her own money. In a heated Wednesday 
Thursday afternoon hearing before Judge Brenda Penny, attorneys for Britney and Jamie Spears and others connected to the now terminated conservatorship sparred over allegations of misconduct, press leaks, and who should control the star's money. Um, I just think this is so fucked up, you know? Um, so, uh, Jamie's attorney said, let's remember why this conservatorship existed. Uh, Miss Spears was irresponsible with her money. Brittany's attorney, Matthew Rosengart quickly interjected that the conservatorship is over. Heading into the hearing, there has been a battle over Jamie's ongoing legal fees that he has racked up millions of dollars. You guys, millions, one firm alone, Holland and Knight has pinned his fees at more than $1.3 million. That's one firm. One firm. But, um, oh, God. Ugh. So gross. Uh, Rosengard insisted he can deal with fee requests if necessary uh, in regards to people trying to get money out of the estate, arguing that Brittany has the money to pay her lawyers and she's not going to not going to dissipate her assets. Ultimately, Penny refused to set aside funds and explained that there are statutory protections in place to make sure lawyers get paid in the event an order is issued granting their fee requests. Um, you know, and, and there is uh, a lot of evidence to say that this man, Jamie, mismanaged $60 million worth of funds or sorry, 57 plus million dollars worth of funds. Um, this guy's a bad man, you guys. This guy is a very bad man. And Matthew Rosengart out of court because this is the other thing is that they tried to pull this move where Jamie wants Britney's medical records released to the public. And the lawyer said the people deserve to know. And that is just one of the shittiest things you could ever do as a parent, as a person, is that. This father, right? Like, this is just gross. This is not what a family does. And this man is out for himself and for money. But he then wants to release his daughter's mental history to the world? You know, that's almost like, yo, do that. Or if I don't get money, I'm going to do this. It's just ridiculous. And I love And Matthew Rosengart said outside of the courtroom, he said, that's just that's just wrong. It's morally wrong. It's not what a father should ever do. I mean, this man should be shamed as a father because it's, it's not good. And I, I sometimes I do worry that this has screwed up Britney Spears for life. You can just tell how hurt she is. You know, you can get her upset like that. You know, Jamie Lynn Spears needs to end her book tour. It, it really does. It's time for this to be over. I mean, I don't know who's buying this. And she keeps posting in stories like, ah, I made Barnes and Nobles, y'all. <laughs> you know. But I do not think we need to unseal any of her medical things. Like, yeah, of course we're curious. We're curious about damn everything. But some things we just need to let go. We need to let go, let God. It's not our business and pray for the best. I mean, we're just doing the same shit over again, except that it's her sister now leading the charge. I feel like this is a gimme. Like, we all know that this is wrong and what should be done. It's just let it go. And here's another great one. Uh, Britney Spears, if you lie about me, I'll sue you. Um, Britney Spears has threatened to sue her sister, Jamie Lynn, if she dares lie about her while hawking the book. Britney's lawyer, Matt Rosengart, fired off a cease and desist letter obtained by TMZ to Jamie Lynn. Monday, Rosengart was blunt, demanding you cease and desist from referencing Britney derogatorily during your promotional campaign. If you fail to do so or defame her, Britney will be forced to consider and take all appropriate legal action. Um, 
The letter first obtained by page six is biting. Rosengart writes, We write with hesitation because the last thing Brittany wants is to bring more attention to your ill-timed book and its misleading or outrageous claims about her. Uh, he also says, Brittany has not read and does not intend to read your book. She and millions of her fans were shocked to see how you have exploited her for monetary gain. She will not tolerate it, nor should she. And then he dumps hard on Jamie Spears. You of all people know the abuse and wrongdoing Brittany had to endure during the conservatorship after initially growing up with a ruinous alcoholic father. He points out Jamie echoed the same sentiment in her book. And then he goes after Jamie Lynn. Brittany was the family's breadwinner, and she also otherwise supported you. Publicly airing false or fantastical grievances is wrong, especially when designed to sell books. It is also potentially unlawful and defamatory. Guys, I know like I am not a gay man, but I love Matthew Rosengart. I that man, wow. Wow, finally somebody's sticking up for for and like you know those guys where you're like that guy knows what he's doing. I think this guy knows what he's doing, you know? It's very exciting. That is very exciting, but uh, very troubling. So, of course, we're always going to have more information about Brittany to come. And I'm, I'm going to talk to my friend Jared, who's been on the, the pod, Jared Lipscomb, who's been on the pod before, makeup artist, huge in the Free Britney movement, because I just want to get some more inner workings because I know him and the Free Britney people have worked so hard at all of this. And I'm very curious all of the next steps. So, you guys. Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from 30 performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Ah, it's my favorite part of the show when we get to talk about our advertiser. This week, So Bad It's Good is sponsored by our friends at Green Chef. Green Chef is new to us, and I am so excited they are a sponsor this week. Green Chef, what it is, it's a CCOF certified meal kit company. Now, Green Chef makes eating well easy with plans to fit every lifestyle, whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, or just looking to eat more balanced meals, or just looking to eat good food, Green Chef offers a range of recipes to suit your preferences. 
So it has fresh produce, premium proteins, organic ingredients that you can trust. Green Chef is now the number one meal kit for eating well. Green Chef offers 35 nutritious and flavorful options to choose from every week, featuring premium clean ingredients that are seasonally sourced for peak freshness. Green Chef's always changing variety of easy-to-follow recipes as well, and that means there is something new to discover each week so you never get bored. Green Chef makes cooking easy so you can spend less time stressing and more time enjoying delicious home-cooked meals. Green Chef's pre-made and pre-measured sauces, dressings, and spices get you more chef-curated flavor in less time. So avoid the long lines at the grocery store because Green Chef is so convenient with pre-portioned, easy-to-follow recipes that are delivered right to your door. Uh, And especially in this day and age, it's amazing that you can get food delivered right to your door. You literally do not have to go out or leave the comfort of your own home. And you may be asking, Ryan, what kind of uh, of things does uh, Home Chef offer? And I will tell you what I got. Uh, I got the Skinny Taste Peruvian-inspired steak. Yes, the chicken breast and garlic demi-sauce. Uh, it has cheesy bacon, mashed potatoes, and roasted vegetables. Really good. And this, I love the ahi tuna with lemon garlic butter, and it came with green beans, and you had roasted uh, uh, rosemary red potatoes, and I loved it. And you guys know me. I'm kind of a doofus. This stuff is easy for me to do. Uh, so I want you guys to try it out for yourself. Go to greenchef.com slash sobad130. And use the code SOBAD130 to get $130 off, plus free shipping. Dang, that's that's pretty good. That's greenchef.com slash SOBAD130, and use code SOBAD130 to get $130 off, plus free shipping. Come on, let's get two, let's get two people to do this. That'll be amazing. Mom, if you're listening, let's do this. Dad would love this. Um... That's actually really cool. Also, remember, with anything I promote on the show, it'll also be in my show description where you can go uh, and and check there as well. And you can always go back to uh, earlier episodes to see if, uh, you know, if you've forgotten a code or something. That's it, you guys. And now back to the show. Okay, that was just a quick hour opening, you know. And remember, like I said, timestamps, if you want to skip right to the guest, they're there. But uh, today I am so excited to have our guest. Are you ready to geek out with me? We're going to get into the numbers. We're going to get into has the biggest Instagram follower jump. We're going to get into has the most screen time. This genuinely is some of the most fascinating things. And I think... As uh, as fans of Bravo, you're going to geek out. You're going to love this. I really do. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, the, the account is at Bravoholic Data. She has a Twitter at Bravoholic da- Data. Dad, is it data or data? Bravoholic Data as well. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, Miss Grace Acuna. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to iHeartRadio. So bad, it's good. Uh, today, I am so excited to have our next guest. This is a newer account for me on Instagram. You guys know how much, literally how much I love Instagram. But what I love about this Instagram account and uh, accounts like this is they deal in hard data. They deal in facts. You know, this podcast can be silly. I want to make you laugh and stuff. But I also get fascinated as a fan that you can actually track data. You can see who's being featured more in one week. You can see the growth charts on Instagram of followers. And that stuff to me, I geek out on that stuff. I am not smart enough to ever spearhead something like that. But our next guest is 
Uh, the account, you guys, is called Bravoholic Data. Uh, that's just B-R-A-V-O-H-O-L-I-C-D-A-T-A. I'm going to put that all in the show notes for you as well. Go follow right now. But we have the woman behind the account, Grace Acuna. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Uh, this is very exciting for me because I really do. This is the only. This is the only way they would have gotten me to study math in high school. Like <laughs> if they had done it on Bravo accounts. But what is? Uh, first off, you guys got to go to the account. The amount of time you have to put in. I have so many. The amount of time you have to put in to do what you do. Like what? What happened? Why are we doing it? Like what? I mean, like what? what, what I yeah, feel like this is so this much. <laughs> so much work that you have to put into this. Yeah, well, I would say Bravo has always been my therapy of choice whenever I'm feeling really stressed about my life or just things are not going completely my way. I turn to Bravo and I mean, the pandemic very much uh, spearheaded a lot of these thoughts, but also my boyfriend and I are building a house in Austin, Texas during the pandemic. So it's been very much like uh, just, you know, delays after delays of different house updates. And instead of focusing on all the negatives with this building a new house and everything, I decided to go all in on Bravo and I was watching and usually I turn off my brain a little bit during these episodes. Um, but I was watching one and I wondered how basically the things that we talked about, like the screen times and the things that I track. So Instagram growth, And I just wondered all these things. And I looked to see if there was an account that already did all of this for me. Because I was like, maybe someone else has decided they wanted to do this. And I could just follow them. And when I saw there wasn't an account, I just thought, well, I could track these things. I don't think maybe, maybe no one else really cares about it. So I'll just track it. And I have a graphic design background. So I yeah, it's made all, some graphics. The, it's all it. beautiful. The graphics are beautiful. And I, I, like I said, I geek out on this stuff. So you just started it around January. Is that right? Or when did you start? Yeah, I think my first post actually was uh, beginning of December, maybe the last day of November is when my first post was do you know what you've gotten yourself into? Like, I mean, you used to, like, I used to watch these shows for fun and now I have to watch these shows with like an eagle eye and I have to do, you know, like it's a totally different, it's not ruined it, but it's just made it completely different for me. What, what have you noticed even early on in this? Because I was, I was going through, you did this, like, um, who was it? Screen time for, uh, was it Real Housewives of Orange County screen time? Mm-hmm. And you literally go through each housewife and how many minutes. And in my head, I was like, okay, so how does she do this? Is there a stopwatch? Is there, and then I, I, like, I'm not even good at math. So it just, I gave up even trying to figure out what you have to do for this. Like, yeah. what do you do when you watch a, an episode of this? <laughs> like, do you, are, is there a trade yeah. secret here? How are you timing how much screen time? Oh, well, luckily there's an app for everything. So I've got an app on my phone that can uh, track many stopwatches at once. Um, (laughs) And so each stopwatch has a different housewife labeled to it. Um, And I have like, they come in folders. So I have like a Miami folder, Orange County folder, Salt Lake City folder. And then each stopwatch is um, named with the housewife. And it actually doesn't take too much longer. I mean, I do have to rewind because, you know, sometimes they transition really quickly. Yeah. And uh, I do have to rewind and like, oh, stop that. We got to get that one. But I mean, I'm really still watching it. And I actually think it's just 
it's definitely changed how I watched it. Um, yeah. I definitely am not turning off my brain anymore and watching it. Um, but it also has like really opened my eyes to production and editing and also how um, how flashbacks are used in some I mean, series. I mean, Bravo, as, yeah, because Bravo, especially I noticed with like Vanderpump Rules, like, you know, especially they'll really hit flashbacks hard. They'll really mm-hmm. like they could because they have so many seasons to pull from. Uh, but it's really interesting that they were doing that with Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip, too, because they were talking about every famous scene from all of these housewives. And at times I was like, I feel like I've watched like 15 minutes of flashbacks in an episode. Right. Right. Yeah. Orange County is a good example this season. They really rely on flashbacks this season and even like new content flashbacks. Like they were like, well, I guess that. Yes. Like I, I, I talked to Shannon necessary. a day ago and then they'll yeah. flash to the dinner a day ago and have like three lines. And I'm like, you did a whole shoot just for those three. Like right. it, it really does. I don't know if it makes you appreciate the story structure, but you realize that there definitely is a story structure where they're putting yeah. in a storyline, B storyline, C storyline. And if you go by your data, which this is what I love, is Real Housewives of Orange County right now. The lion's share of Orange County right now is going to Miss Heather Debro at 20 minutes and 51 seconds. And which is, by the way, you know, she's like back with a vengeance. Now, the second person is Emily at uh, four. No, no, sorry. Noella is second. Yeah, Noella. 14 minutes and 37 seconds, followed by Emily at 14.25. And interesting, because we're starting to have a Heather Noella feud in Real Housewives of Orange County. Do you have opinions from this data that you call? Like, do you then go, well, this means to me this, or I can postulate a theory that. Well, not so much. Well, I have like questions that I like think of afterwards. And that's why I kind of like just presenting the data, if you notice, I don't really like comment that much under yeah. um, my opinions or anything, but I have a lot of questions once I present the data, like do followers, does more screen time equal more followers or does followers even equal likability? Like Noella is a great example of that. Um, and Noella her, follows you, by the way, like yes. how, how are we going to keep you honest and not like, yo, could you lie and say I got more screen time? Like, I mean, how do we know these Bravo labs aren't reaching out to you trying to get a, a, a nice favorable uh, poll result? I will say there's been some Bravo labs that have reached out to me and even um, have told me, oh, my Instagram isn't working. So my follower count may be off. So I do think that there could be some of that going on, but um, I, I'm going to stay honest. I'm going to say to the data, it's what I like to do. And um, you know, me and my sister do it old school. We, my sister helps me out a little bit, but she and I uh, go on at the same time every day to collect this data um, to make sure that we have it as accurate as possible. Now, in your real life, have you always been good at collecting data? Is this uh, always been a forte of yours? Um, I would say, I would say so. I have done a lot of donor data. I'm in fundraising in uh-huh. the world, um, and I've done a lot of donor data. And there's a lot of, I wouldn't say math has ever been my forte, but donor data is more like relationship data and how basically how like what you do affects the actions of others. And so that's kind of how I think about this data too. It's like what, what is presented on the show and how is it affecting our reactions to them? Do followers mean we just are interested in your life and you're actually a big mess 
or are we fans of you? Like, what does that mean? And so I think that's what really intrigues me about all of this. Well, I mean, it really intrigues me too. And that's why I want everybody to go follow this account because you can truly find some really good nuggets of wisdom and what an actual show does. And you can see like the bumps that a show will get or when a character does good or when, you know, like you really do see that bump. But what's interesting, I was even, I almost did a news story today. I don't know if I, I everything blurs now, but yeah. somebody had sent me a, a news story that Jackson Brittany from Vanderpump had been buying followers because mm-hmm. they were like showing like, look at this day, look at this day, all the day on this day, the same day, they both jumped like 5,000 followers in one day. And I didn't even know there were sites that could track this stuff, but I was like, this is dark. Like there is a whole cottage industry of not just Bravo lebs, but celebs or influencers buying their followers anyways, which do you ever in tracking these things kind of like, oh, I question where this bump came from because the actual show doesn't support that kind of bump. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I won't name names, but Miami is a good one to look at if you're looking at (laughs) weird bumps. Um, And I just have been like really just tracking the data and putting it out there for everyone else to kind of uh, investigate themselves and pick up. Um, but yeah, absolutely. There are some, uh, housewives where you see like very big bumps and some Bravo loves where you see very big bumps and random times. Um, and then you also see them kind of self-correct the next week, maybe. Yeah. Um, so that's been interesting to watch as well. Well, I was looking at your real housewives of Miami. I'm trying to find that poll, right? Trying to, so I real housewives of uh, Miami Instagram growth chart from episode four, which was a uh, uh, December 30, which was way back in December. Uh, God, I keep for I, like for some reason I feel like we're in November of 2022. I'm like all the way back, it's just like 15 <laughs> days ago. Um, but I was noticing, I was like, I love the, the I love that Miami's back on Peacock. Mm-hmm. But you do notice with the numbers is that. Everybody except for Larza, Larza is growing exponentially, um, but the rest of them, and especially the newbies, aren't really getting that much of a bump yet. Like really, really. And I find that fascinating as a new character who people are responding to where Alexia, like it went Larza, Lisa, and then Alexia, um, which I thought like Alexia, it shocked me. I was like, Alexia should be getting way more because I feel like she's carrying a lot of Miami right now. Yeah, I think she's second that time because I do it by the total number of their followers. So I think she was second and gained that week. Um, but yeah, but Larza she, gained twenty one thousand followers. Exactly. That's yeah, like really that's to me. That's weird or something to look at. Or but that's what I like. You guys is that you can actually start to kind of like go. Oh, that's you can form your own theories with this. And and mm-hmm. if you watch Miami, we know Larza is always been kind of obsessed with numbers and like follower count and in that kind of Kardashian land. Um, right. there- and I might just point you to the next episode account and see how many she has there, because then I think that's interesting too. It's almost like a correction. Oh. Um, that she may have picked up on <laughs> a lot of the comments from that. Has anybody, have you gotten any random accounts yet? Ever like, leave it alone, leave it alone now, just quit. I do say that Miami, uh, you can just look at the comments on who uh, is vocal about uh, my accuracy. Miami housewives seem to be the most vocal on the questions, but uh, I haven't gotten any like threatening uh, 
messages or no i just like didn't that. know if there would be like watergate <laughs> at some point it'd be exactly. like i've got i've got information on a follower count um <laughs> So uh, tonight, actually, uh, well, it'll already have aired by the time you guys hear this, but Summer House is premiering again, and it looks like you will be covering Summer House. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, One um, of my yeah, that's what mine too. So the preseason Instagram growth is kind of fascinating on this. So Andrea, Andrea has more Instagram followers than everybody on this cast at 1,290,260. He has mm-hmm. a growth rate of negative point. He's lost followers because of Summer House, but I guess he was already so huge because of his modeling. Is that why? Yeah. Okay. So there's interesting conversation that I haven't really fact checked yet, but in the comments on that one, that he was on Big Brother in, uh, in London. Yeah. Or your big brother. I haven't checked that yet, but I guess his modeling, he was in a JLo music video that Madonna. Did yeah. He's been on before really... and he's like, yes, that was in Madonna video. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. Right. So I guess that really had bumped him. And it was, well, it turns it was out also people me. like to look at hot guys. I'm who knew. Yeah, <laughs> but I love this. Like, I, I didn't know this and I never like thought to look through this, but it was like pages at 631,000, Amanda at 511,000. Now, Lindsay, you put as the number one gain, she's at 410,000, but in the, uh, the followers gain, what was this in the last week? Yeah. Last two weeks. Mm-hmm. She'd gained almost 8,000 followers and had a growth rate of 1.88%. And it's so funny that the guys, they're like, you know, poor Luke's at 155,000, you know, and then Danielle follows that Sierra follows that the new character, Alex is, oh, he only has 11,903 followers. And Maya, the new girl on the show only has 2,552 followers, but she had a growth rate of 5.56%. So she's at the number one growth rate for, for this cast, right? Right. I do have a growth rate to kind of give the new cast members a chance to be <laughs> highlighted. Because uh, if we just did followers gained, I, it would be it would be hard sometimes. But I, I think it's really interesting. I mean, Noel, I mean, Noelle has been a great example of growth rate because sometimes she's like 3000 followers. And so it's like 20 percent growth rate for her. Um, but, yeah, I do that for them. And I. I'm excited to see kind of how these new characters in Summer House grow. I think that's the mo- most important interesting data. I was kind of really excited to think about like, it'll be really cool to see your work at the end of this season and see what the final numbers lay at because this Mm -hmm. shocks me. Cause like, I don't know why summer house isn't, it doesn't have bigger numbers, even in Instagram growth, because to me that I love that show so much. And I, I think everybody does, but if you compare it with the Vanderpump people, and of course they've been Mm -hmm. on a couple more seasons, but we're dealing with people in the million, like, you know, over a million, most of that cast, a lot of that cast. And then the summer house, I feel like why, you know, why is Carl only at 334,000? Every girl I know thirsts over Carl. Where is the Carl support? Exactly, exactly. Well, I also think Summer House has been like a slow burn. Um, I think that a lot of people picked it up over the pandemic. And that's something that they've said. I know I've heard Amanda and Paige say it in interviews, too. Um, So I wonder if this season we'll see a lot more growth for them. Now, before we get back to more facts, I do have to like you as a person who watched Bravo, you do have to have personal opinions, right? Right. Yeah. Like you have your favorite shows, you have your favorite characters, but to do this work, is there ever been somebody you've rooted for that the numbers are not supporting them or the numbers seem to go against your feelings for them? Um, 
I I think like I'm always rooting, maybe not with specific people, but I've always been rooting for the Real Housewives of Orange County cast and for them to get back on track, whatever that means for them. Um, So I know that like their numbers are not like at the growth rate that like Salt Lake City is right now. Um, And how could they? Because Salt Lake City is, uh, I mean, storylines are amazing right now. So Orange County is getting less kind of growth uh, in terms of Instagram, Salt Lake mm-hmm. City is getting all of the growth. Correct. Um, so, yeah, probably that way. I think in the future, I would like when, if there's ever downtime for me, I kind of have set it up where there's not going to be that much downtime. But I would like to look at uh, maybe the cast members of color and their screen time. And I think I might have some opinions about that. I haven't oh. fully looked at it, but I think I might have opinions about well, it. Well, that I mean, that truly would be amazing. And I'm also like, and you don't have time for this, but I'm also so curious of the cast members that have left the show or been at like not coming back. Like I noticed Bronwyn doesn't really get any kind of traction, any, mm-hmm. you know, like are all, you know, see her stories. And it seems to always, always levels out about like 2000, unless there's like a special, special post. And I just wonder, like after the show, do we see the dip who we seem that is, has been able to use their platform, like yeah. a, a Bethany Frankel that has grown. Um, mm-hmm. uh, that always makes me curious too, because then the name of the game after the show is, to try to still make money without the show. Yeah, absolutely. And I would love to do that. So I think it might, I have plans. So maybe yeah. we could get some of that going. Um, also, I've thought about doing like flashback Fridays on different episodes. Oh my God, um, that would be that amazing. Would be interesting for screen time uh, to see how we reacted to different people or different cast members and like how much screen time they actually had those episodes. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I, I, you mentioned Noella having the number one gain the other week. And yeah, she's at, uh, as of two days ago, she was at 72,323 with a growth rate of 2.96%. My God, I sound so smart when I talk about percents. I love it. I love, and I, you know, in my head, I always have to remind myself that this Bravo can somewhat still be niche. Cause in my head, I'm like, she didn't go up by a hundred thousand. Like what, you know, like I'm not even the biggest Noella fan yet. I think there's something like so weird happening, but it's like interesting. Cause you're like, wow, they're not automatic, a celebrity, like they're not, yeah. you know, I mean, and I would imagine, and I don't have this in front of me, but what has Mary Cosby's growth been this season? Has there been growth? Because even I get scared to follow Mary Cosby, you know? Yeah. Um, there has been some growth. Yes. Um, and it hasn't been as much as some of the other women on the show, a good, uh, something interesting was that Meredith was having a ton of growth, like easily 1500, uh, followers gained 24 hours after every episode for like the first or not first, but like for like three episodes straight. And then as soon as she, uh, kind of went on the Mary Cosby train, defended Mary in that infamous conversation, it went down to like, no! see that fascinates me because it really does you you get the gauge of what the audience thinks that i love that that is so interesting yeah um, so but mary has been pretty consistent of having about like 
250 to 350 followers gained. Um, but for that cast, it's kind of low. Yeah. Um, who is the number one in uh, Salt Lake right now? Currently, Heather has been doing really well since Meredith's demise, I guess. <laughs> She's Meredith's demise. By the way, that's what I was saying about on today's episode of, uh, I was like, Salt Lake, it's like, I, Jen, like if you read the court cases, is obviously guilty. I mean, just like, I, I hate to break it to everybody if you just read the complaint, but the fact is nobody else seems to be great around her. So it's like, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Jen's horrible, but Meredith seems kind of horrible too. And Lisa mm-hmm. kind of is in her own world and Mary's doing her Mary thing. And you know, like everybody's there's, yeah. there doesn't seem to be a lot of heroes in Salt Lake, but fascinating oh, sure. to watch. Yeah, I know. I, I thought I would see a lot more like negative Jen um, during the season. Me and too. And I hear like, no. go girl, you go girl. Yeah. I'm like, what are we, what are we cheering on? Am I losing my mind? Like, yeah, she hasn't had a negative week for me when, since I've been tracking her. So I find that very that's, interesting. That's wild. Oh, I love that. Um, uh, so just to gauge you as what is a show that you won't cover or will never cover? What have you decided a couple shows? Ooh. Like, I'm not going to cover that, you know? Oh, that's hard. I don't like to say never no, not that you don't not that but... you don't like but just like i can't take this on right now because i even yeah. notice you do below deck obviously mm-hmm. and i love below deck below deck people don't realize below deck is the number one rated show on bravo in terms oh, of it's, just viewers I mean, it's the only one my boyfriend will watch with me because it's just it's, it's that and summer house are feeder shows for guys mm-hmm. i notice even my my straight friends like my buddy Nick will always be like, yeah, like they get shit can wasted. And I love yeah. that. It's like, <laughs> that's the one you can get guys to watch, you know? Right. Um, probably, I think like maybe in the future, but a uh, million dollar listing might be one. I would say I wouldn't cover mostly because I love that show and I love looking at the houses. And if I had to make that somewhat my work, then I don't think I would love it as much. Um, not to say that I wouldn't do it, but that would be one where I haven't really figured out, but I think I have way more uh, shows that I just keep thinking about how I can add them to the mix and how I could cover them. I'm really into expanding to competition shows on Bravo too, like uh, top chef and project runway and how we can track maybe the order of the runway shows and what that has to do. At a certain point, has Bravo reached out to you yet? This seems like so like, this seems like they could use you as like some kind of like weather forecaster, but with Instagram, like my thing is with like these, these, to me, this is the show behind the show. Like I always want to do like a weekly, like Bravo should do a weekly show of like the week in the internet of like exactly this kind of data showing like forecasts and you can show clips from the show. Like we got this bump after Lindsay said, you know, how many sandwiches have you made? She got this kind of bump. Like it would be such a fascinating show each week and really catch up the audience for people that don't really pay attention to social media like a lot of us do. Yeah, I have not heard from Bravo. I love that we're putting that out into the ether. Yeah, I'm no, like, by the way, it down. never hurts. It never hurts <laughs> to put out. I mean, like, I I think this is the kind of stuff I feel like Bravo does eventually listen. Like, that's why I believe we got Winter House. That's why we right. got Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip, you know, expanding into those universes. But yeah. the point of asking what, like, what shows you would might not cover is uh, I just really wanted to gauge what your personal taste is in Housewives of, like, I was trying to pick a housewife show you didn't cover so you could tell me who's your favorite and least favorite on that show. Oh, well, 
One I don't I don't haven't covered yet is Potomac. That's probably my favorite. But you watch it, right? It's amazing. I watch it. Mm-hmm. Do it's you? Amazing. Who do you like? By, and by the way, I will say I said this on today's show too. Real Housewives of Potomac is the gold standard in terms of housewives. All of those ladies are brilliant, even the ones that I don't like. But I think not liking a character is part of the Bravo experience and really gives me a lot of joy. Absolutely. But like, who do you? I mean, uh, Karen and Giselle. Who do you side with? I'm actually a Karen stan, I think. Okay, so then... And I had been a Giselle stan for a while, but I think I switched the oh, season. That's the other cool thing, too, about Bravo, as I noticed that <laughs> pattern, is that it is like wrestling, where one year I'll like this other person, and then right. I'll feel like they turned into the bad guy, and I won't. And I think we need to normalize being able to go all over the map in terms of our favorites. We don't have to... We don't have to stay with somebody just because we like them for one season, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I feel also you're ripe this kind of data is ripe for, do you know what I'm about to say? No. Fantasy football. Oh yeah. I'm not like, I, I've never been into sports, but the fantasy football, like in terms of like your player being like, from what my guys explain fantasy football is, it just always goes over my head, but it feels like your data could make one of the best fantasy football games of all time. Well, that would be great. If we could figure out a way to make it a game. Yeah. I think, I'm going to be putting out some stuff in the next uh, couple weeks about fight analysis on Vanderpump <laughs> rules. And so, yeah, for sure. Wait, wait, through the seasons or just this season? Just this season for now. And then we might do through the seasons. But um, yeah, looking at maybe how many derogatory words were done, who got confessionals during the fight and got to say their piece, who jumped in for other people. Um, so yeah, I definitely think if there were winner and losers in Bravo land, which there are, they're just not as clear cut as football. It would be great stats for that. I feel we got robbed this season of Vanderpump rules of, we started very strong with the La La Charlie feud potentially. And I feel like it's completely gone by the wayside or La La realized that Charlie, you know, could stand up to her and then La La just stopped. I don't know what happened, but I felt like that was such a promising fight. And I was very proud of Charlie for standing up for herself, but then it kind of just fell by the wayside. And now I don't know, like Vanderpump rules this season really doesn't have that, that, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like that enemy good guy thing. Like there's no really, like at least with Potomac, you can always go Karen and Giselle. That's a battle of the ages, the Joker and Batman, however you want to look at, which one's which, but Vanderpump is really kind of missing that right now because without Stassi yeah. and Kristen and that whole game. Yeah. I do feel like they're kind of missing it and still like trying to figure out their new dynamic. Yeah. They're um, like, is Sandoval the bad guy? Yeah. Is, who's the bad guy? You know? Yeah. And so I do, I do think though that James had a good point. I can't remember which episode now that he said it, but saying watching uh, Katie and Sandoval and watching Katie push all of Sandoval's buttons, that's become my new favorite part of Vanderpump Rules. Oh my God. Just watching her well, push every button he has. I, so I interviewed like I interviewed Sandoval last week. And um, this doesn't make the interview. We were talking about that. But like, the show is very real, you guys. Like, he was talking about like, he was like, sometimes I just so, I get so tired. And like, you yeah. know, I've been working so hard. And then like, somebody will question me. And I just snap. I just snap. And I'm like, and I was like, I was like, yeah, dude, don't, I was trying to like, don't do that. Like your work speaks for itself. But it, I felt like I was in this bizarro conversation because you really see, even though the show presents itself as fake sometimes, or it seems fake, it's very real, these relationships. 
Yeah. I mean, for them, it's so, it's so apparent that they've known each other for a really long time. I mean, they are very like brother, sister, like fight, like it, talk to each other very candidly, like it. Um, so I'm excited to go back to some of their fights too. Yeah. Um, And uh, look at those more deeper. Um, uh, so you've been a Bravo fan since like, like since the beginnings and when did you pick up this addiction? Oh yeah. Um, my mom and I started watching real housewives of orange County when it first came out. So, I mean, I've always been, so that's like, like 16 years, person. right? Like, yeah, that's... we, um, yeah, I guess. Yeah, that is. Um, so I've always been a big housewife person. Um, and then as I think they call it like young Bravo started coming out with like the below deck and summer house and Vanderpump. Rules. Wait, they call that young Bravo. One of my friends called it that this weekend. I'm not sure if that's an official Wait, thing. Wait, what is it? We need to call it, uh, what is the teen like novel? YA, YA Yeah, it's like YA. YA Bravo. But yeah, one of my friends said that this, she's like, I follow your account, but I'm only a young Bravo fan. And I was like, oh, she's like, you know, Summer House, Vanderpump Rules, all that. And I'm like, oh, see, that's, see that for, for us, us, you know, historians, as older audience, we need to welcome in the YA Bravo fans. We need to hold them to our bosom, not me, because that would be weird, but like everybody needs to. take a young Bravo fan and teach them the history of Bravo. It is very important for the health of these shows. And I, that's what I get excited is that we do actually have a history to call from now. You know, like you just said earlier, you'll see so many flashbacks and shows because they have so many seasons to now pull from, you know? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I've been watching housewives for as long as I can remember really with my mom and she's kind of gotten off of the train with. Oh, is she worried about you right now with what you're doing? with how much I'm doing. Yeah. She like, um, she like, what are you, what are you doing? Uh, we're worried about you. Um, she was only, I had Mary Cosby, uh, repost one of my graphics at one point, um, in a positive way or a bad way. I, I think she was using it as facts and she okay, was calling okay. out production. Um, <laughs> so I think that was the only time my mom was like, Oh no, like I've seen a few <laughs> real Housewives of Salt Lake City <laughs> episodes. I'm worried about this one. But that's the only time that she's been like worried. Um but yeah. you did you just brought up production, which I always find fascinating. We were talking about that you really see how these shows are put together when you're looking at the facts. Do you notice? I mean, I guess now you have to notice that, yeah, production. I don't know if the word favorites is, you know, but they definitely have a person that they want to make the lead of every season, even if the audience isn't fully on board. Do you find that to be true? Yeah, I definitely do. Um, I mean, Mary Cosby was pointing out, I think it was like one of the first screen times I've ever, I ever posted of theirs. And she had like two minutes um, for that whole episode. And so I mean, that's a good example of like, there were some people on that, on that same episode that had 15 minutes. And so, yeah, there are some, I think, you know, favorites. I actually started doing a little like cover photo over the pie chart for my screen times to show the top earners. Yeah. I like that. Really. So that you can kind of go back to the grid and look and see if like the same people are the top earners every time, or if it gets mixed up. Um, so hopefully you can kind of see for yourself if there are some clear favorites, um, over the episodes or if there is a good mix, but I would say there are some clear favorites, um, definitely over, uh, Orange County and Miami right now. 
Well, yeah, I mean, of course we see the Heather, but I also, you know, this past week was uh, Nicole's last week on the show. And I mm-hmm. think she clocked in at like, what, like 47 seconds this last episode or something. Yeah. And yeah. Dr. Jen following close behind that, I think with like, what was it, like 316 or something, I'm trying to remember yeah. what it was, but it just seemed, I was like, wild. Like it is, you know, they're really choosing the Noella Heather thing to really hit. And they're establishing, especially with new people, you have to pay attention to how much of a backstory that these new characters get. Like, you know, in, in Miami, I feel like we're getting a huge backstory, a lot of information around Martina Natratilova. And um, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting the housewife's name on Miami. The girl, Julia. Julia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're getting a lot of information about Julia and, and, uh, and then this past, I don't it's it's weird, but in OC, I feel like we've gotten so much about Noella and we've gotten stuff about Dr. Jen, but I feel like they're really trying to get us to invest in Noella's story. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, Noella's been in the top screen time, I think every, every episode, I want to say every episode, I'm like looking at the grid real quick, but yeah, she's been top screen time every episode. So that's really, um, it's really been the Noella and Heather show. I would say with Orange County. So which um, would lead us to believe is that they're investing in Noella. They are saying that she is not a flash in the pan. We want you to really get to know her. Yeah, absolutely. I also think like on Miami, like Nicole gets a lot of screen time. Um, They give her a fair amount of screen time. So I think they're having us invest in her for sure. Uh, Alexia always gets a lot of screen time too. Um, I had a question because Marisol and uh, do you do Friends of? Yes, I do friends of. So Marisol and um, um, uh, what am I? Uh, Adriana. Uh, yeah, Adriana. What is their screen time compared to the newbies? Because they're just friends oh, of. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it kind of depends on the week. Um, episode five of Miami, Adriana got one of the top screen time spots and it um, it upset my OCD data nerds uh, because she doesn't have like an official portrait <laughs> from Bravo. <laughs> so I had to put one of her Instagram portraits up. Um, but yeah, she had one of the top screen times and even like kind of led one of the scenes one time. And that same episode, Marisol um, had, I believe she only had like three minutes uh, or a little over three minutes, but she got the most followers for that Instagram week. Um, so that stuff is interesting. Um, but I would say it kind of depends the friends of like Nicole doesn't in OC, she doesn't get much screen time at all. It's not comparable. Um, but in Miami, they give the friends of a lot of screen. Oh, Adriana and Marisol, a lot of screen yeah. time, Kiki, not as much. Um, but they give Adriana and Marisol like comparable to if they were a housewife. Well, I find it interesting though, too, because Larza sometimes in the last couple of episodes, I don't, I don't feel gets a lot of screen time, which would then be another reason why it's so interesting. She's getting the highest growth. Yeah, absolutely. She gets kind of like friends of screen time that like would be a friend of in any other uh, series. Yeah. She's definitely lower on the screen time. And I would love to do also a content analysis of like what people are actually sharing in these scenes. Like, I mean, Larsa doesn't share much deep stuff in her. Yeah, scenes. just the OnlyFans and the feeds, yeah. and you know, um, that's a little more opinion, I guess. But um, but uh, compared to like Alexia's storyline with uh, Todd and Peter in episode five versus Larsa's OnlyFan uh, like tutorial she did with Kiki and Adriana. 
Those where are like you, the two. In terms of numbers, I mean, we always say numbers don't lie, but where, I mean, do you have a opinion or like the psychology behind the numbers where I was even thinking about Larza or thinking about potentially people that allegedly might have ever bought followers? Does it really matter if most people are really not going to look at the data and they're just going to look at that one number on Instagram, which says you're the highest, this is what it is. Is Do you have any thoughts about that? Or do you really think about the psychology of how important these numbers are? Um, I haven't really thought about how important these numbers are. I think mostly they're not that important if we're really going to talk about it. Um, I think probably engagement is more important. I have a social media background too. So I think if we're going to talk about like social media followers, it's more about engagement and uh, your comment section and your stories and all of that and who actually engages with your posts. But for our purposes and data, I think they're, and with Bravo and how they cast and how, uh, I mean, kind of how the Bravo world is set up. I think it is important, the kind of cold, hard follower numbers. I think that's kind of what our Bravo versus a little bit is a little uh, popularity contest. And I think also numbers are a big part of what you can bring to the show. So I think eventually, um, if Bravo were to ever call me, I'll put that out in the ether too. I mean, that's something that can be tracked and that can be of importance and value. Uh, um, and what you bring to the show could definitely be your following. Well, I even noticed uh, auditioning for commercials out in Los Angeles the last couple of years, they've started to ask, what's your follower account? You know, and you're like, whoa, like, I mean, (laughs) you know, a lot of people, a lot of actors don't really pay attention to that. I mean, there is a whole new game now that revolves around this because, you know, this is where they they sell products to us. This is where, I mean, Kelly Dodd is depending on uh, numbers and all of that to push what they're trying to do or just stay in some sort of limelight is that this is conceived potentially as a tool. It started off as something to like, you know, this is my family. These are my friends. This is what I'm doing with my life. And now it's mushroomed and ballooned to something completely different from what it was intentional or what they sold it to us as in the first place. Now, um, and then do you ever notice or have an opinion on these housewives and their stuff? Like, is there somebody or a newbie or, or that you're like, they're doing their social media right? As somebody that studies social media and has worked in it, what do you think gains traction just from a viewing standpoint in terms of digesting Instagram? Uh, I think consistency is the number one thing. So, so going on to one of these Bravo shows and getting the following, if you don't have consistent content that you're putting up, I don't think it's going to do much for you and you're not going to retain those followers. I think um, like Lindsay from Summer House is a really, does a really good job with her content and all which means she's she's sharing stuff she's constantly posting she's that sharing kind of thing stuff she's commenting on fan stuff like people get excited when she like drops in and likes things or and she likes stuff a lot i will say mm-hmm. she really does like i even she commented on something of mine today like and it seems yep. like she really does very aware of that uh, I mean, I hope it's Lindsay. I hope it's not somebody she hired to just interact, which you never know though. Like these right. people do have social media managers, obviously. Um, uh, that's really interesting. And I think potentially why the guys of Bravo don't do as well either, because most, a lot of guys just don't care. Right. Or they're yeah. not, they don't have an artistic eye. They're like, okay, here's me in my shorts, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I also think it kind of goes both ways. Like this data is also really good for maybe some cast members or 
uh, housewives who maybe are seeing if they there's even a value of being on the show. Um, there's Ooh, that's hey, how do you measure engagement? Because I know you said comments and all of that stuff, but like, how do you really do that? Is there a really accurate way to to quantify engagement on these things? Well, that would be kind of a personal looking at your personal data in Instagram. I can't do that as an outsider unless I have your <laughs> login information, which I, I mean, I'm happy to have anyone's login information. <laughs> Guys, if they want to give it to send me. her, DM her your stuff. She's going to yeah, do it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. We could do it. Um, but yeah, that would be the way to do the engagement. But uh, yeah, I think it's a great tool for everyone just to, I like cold hard facts, like yes or no, like what is working and what isn't. And that's what this data, I think, kind of helps you kind of see. Well, okay. So just once again, what's working and what's not in terms of pick an example of what's working and what's not, and and let us know what you think from a professional opinion. Uh, I would say definitely look at Noella and Jennifer, Dr. Jen's Instagram growth. They started maybe 20 followers apart from each other um before the season and noella has doubled is like double the times that jen's is now or jennifer is now so well we know from last week's oc that noella says dr jen posts poorly lit photos and tags the wrong people you know yeah um so yeah she was trying to get her followers even before there was a big discrepancy between the two of them um, so yeah, that's obviously what Noella's putting out there and what their the production's focusing on with Noella is giving her a lot. I think there's also a lot of like, you know, the real time, there's always like the film timeline and the real timeline of what's happening. And Noella's definitely giving us a lot of extra tea on her Instagram, which is drawing a lot of people over to follow her. So if, if I was Dr. Jen and I said, Hey, could you help me? Like, what do I need to do to, to you know, Miss Acuna, what do I need to do to, to, to help my growth, to like do the right things? I just don't feel like I'm hitting it. I want to keep up with Noella. What do I need to do? Um, I think collaborate as much as possible, collaborate with others um, so that you can get your name more out there and collaborate even with um, some Bravo fan accounts. Some Bravo fan accounts have some really great um, growth and have some really great followership. Thank you. Um, Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so collaborate as much as you can. Um, and also maybe try to collaborate with Noella and try to kind of hit your stride there. Um, but unfortunately I do think it is a lot as the show is going on. I think it has a lot to do with what production is showing us. So I, I know that's the thing because production. with production, they haven't necessarily, it's not like a, I mean, they've given a more sympathetic storyline to Noella in certain ways, but at the same time, I get confused because there seems to be a, a big pieces that I'm missing. But the Dr. Jen storyline also is like, you know, from the comments and stuff like that I have read or even, you know, is like, oh, she came on the show to get divorced. Her husband really doesn't seem to like her. And so we have this thing and, and it kind of she's in the nether region where she's not bawling or anything like Noella is. So we're, we're kind of looking at that and like, Oh, she's crying. She's upset. I wonder how much, you know, and she's portraying herself and she's a naturally, naturally beautiful woman. Like I always wonder, you know, Dr. Jen, somebody that like is the breadwinner for the entire family, very respectable in certain ways of like, but at the same time, maybe not the most favorite in terms of viewers eyes, which I, because she sometimes looks like she's been sucker punched. Like what's going on here? You know? 
Yeah. Yeah. It looks like she has no idea what's going on sometimes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think that definitely like her, her storyline hasn't been as highlighted as Noella. So she hasn't had that, like, um, that moment yet, that table flip moment where that she can really like ride home with, which I think. Oh, so we like, should Noella advise Dr. Jen. You gotta, you gotta have a table flip moment. You've got to like yeah. do, you gotta do something big. Mm-hmm. Like Noella with the tears on her boobs. That was like, I think that was her moment of like, okay, like maybe the, she's going to be long-term or like even Emily had a moment this year, the, the sandwich in the sauna. The sandwich like, heard around the world. Yeah. Like exactly. I mean, who eats in it. Yeah. But by the way, those are like water cooler moments that we do all talk about. We meme them. It gets yeah. passed around. And then maybe that'll bring some new eyes on the show. Um, uh, I, I, so in terms of Vanderpump, as we start, we're going to start winding down, you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's already spent so much time with us. But Vanderpump rules, uh, you know, is there still room for growth? Not in the terms of the series, in, in terms of, but like in terms of follower count. Like, do we see anything or have you seen anything? I noticed Lala has a huge amount of followers, but I always, the same thing with Erica Jane is that just from looking at it at a cursory level, I feel like there's some bots in there. I feel like there's not, it's not all, uh, and no offense. I mean, people do what they need to do to, to get their dealer brand stuff, but Erica Jane especially was weird for me too, where it was like, this doesn't feel accurate, uh, but that's just a feeling that's based on no facts. Do you notice anything with the Vanderpump Rules kids in terms of like, is there any growth? Yeah, I, what's interesting with the Vanderpump Rules kids um, is definitely noticing the difference between like the Lala's, Katie's, Ariana's, of the Sheena's of the group of over a million and then seeing Charlie has, I think just like over 55. 50, yeah, 55, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's definitely something that I always like notice. And she, uh, and also she's commented on my stuff and she doesn't seem to hold social media too high on her priority list. Um, so that might be it. I think also it was interesting to see that Brock got a huge follower bump this last episode when he was he promoting. Did? Yeah. He got 1500, about 1500 new followers. He's like, he was yeah, promoting. all right. Yeah. So I did it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so also like that cross promotion and then like Brock Kell has had a really good year or yeah. episode uh, in terms of followers, but she's had really good episode arc uh, getting that growth. Um, and she got a lot more followers um, the episode after it was announced in real time that they were no longer engaged, which I thought was interesting. That really is interesting. Actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just wondered like, has any of them dipped because I wonder like just in terms of the ratings, the show is not getting, it's still getting good ratings, but not nearly what it once was. And it's, I feel kind of an off season, you know, regardless of Stasi and all them leaving, it's still an off season to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, is anybody going down of like, we've noticed that like, you know, Katie's lost 20,000 followers over the year you know yeah at a certain point there's got to be a bubble that burst yeah i think so um i haven't noticed any of i think still their growth outweighs any followers that lost um i do know that sandoval i also track during off weeks and you know because sometimes those off weeks are like five weeks like maybe people are cleaning it out they're like oh i don't watch the show anymore <laughs> um but <laughs> sandoval uh had quite a dip during the bye week Oh, um, yeah. He had a dip. So, How yeah. big was the dip? Uh, about 200. Um, so there has been a little waiver, um, but I think overall, everyone has still gained more followers than they've lost. I'm going to text him and be like, I heard about your dip, man. Uh, I hope you're doing good. Like, I, hope it's um, okay. <laughs> I cannot wait 
for the new season of Beverly Hills to start. I know there's no date yeah. announced, but I just can't wait to see the Erica Jane-ness of it all and like all your numbers on like, I really truly am curious what the growth is on that show with Rinna and all that stuff, because I feel like to me, there's certain villains on the show. And I just wonder how that plays into, Oh, did you notice on the below deck anything with the, the Raina um, chief stew stuff? Did you notice anything? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, Heather got a big bump even after really? the word. Um, so really? she had a big yes. bump. Mm-hmm, like 3,000 the episode after. 3, and then how much did Raina get? Like maybe 400. Um, very different. Raina made a comment to me about it. So very much something that. Which is why you said needed. earlier, you, yeah, you, you, uh, you potentially might do a study like this, right? Yeah, I think that would be interesting. Um, definitely since that's like the top of a com- topic of conversation now, um, it would be interesting to see if Bravo's putting their money where their mouth is and really featuring these people of color um, with their production, their screen time. Does Captain Lee get any bumps? Like, I always wondered, like, <laughs> Captain Sandy, Captain Lee, do they get any bumps as a captain? They're not, I mean, like, you know, everybody jokes about Captain Lee being sexy and all that stuff. But, like, I mean, I follow Captain Lee. I follow, you know, but, like, does he get a bump each week? Does he... Yeah. Are people well, like, I, ha- yeah. I don't feature him on the Instagram. I still do <laughs> like kind of look at his numbers. He still gets a pretty steady. Like, okay, good. Yeah, he gets steady rising, but I he's not featured yet. Maybe there will be a captain post at some point where I do all the captains. Oh, great. What I need you to do too, this, put this in the ether. Yeah. Okay. You, need to start tra- you need to start tracking Andy Cohen's growth. Or Ooh, not you okay. should buy, and I, I don't know if you can go back, but see what New Year's Eve special did for him and all that. Oh, so that wow. when you do talk to Andy, you'll be able to have his growth because he'll definitely ask you. Yes, absolutely. Okay, yes. Very I love good. that. I'm I just like, this is what yes. you got to do. This is what you got to do. Totally. I know. Um, and I love that we're putting all of these things in the ether that I'm going to Hey, make. you got a dream. Like, but yeah, because by the way, like, I mean, would you be bothered if this count got huge, huge, huge? Would that be exciting for you? Would that be annoying to you? No, I I think that would be exciting. I I honestly didn't think that. I mean, I got a huge bump myself. We're talking about bumps. I mean, I only started this account very end of November. And I'm, I mean, not crazy high, but I'm over 6,000 followers right now. And so I never expected that this many people would oh really because i feel like we need to get you to thirty thousand at least i mean like i'm telling you everybody the the account bravo holic data you're gonna find it on the show notes but this is really i believe one of the most fascinating bravo accounts out there right now so it is really something if you and i know you guys are all diehard so like this is an account i need to really highlight this i want you guys to follow this account because this is really going to be amazing stuff to actually back up your actual feelings of the show, or it'll show you that your feelings are incorrect and that you are going against the grain in your opinions. Um, what do you hope people can get from this? Like what, I mean, like, do you set out to doing this? Or like, Oh, I hope I can give this to people. What is the thought? Um, well, I set out to do it just because it's something I wanted. So it was a very selfish, uh, goal. I'm <laughs> like, I just want to have this information available and I wanted to track it. Um, and now that I have people who like actually come and look at the data and do what you, we did today of like talking about the different episodes and the comments, I just hope it makes people think um, and makes people really like look critically at production, but also look critically at um, the characters and makes people think and starts conversations. Uh, I don't want to say 
what conversation you need to start, but definitely. Yeah, I like that. Like, conversation. I think that's the special thing about dealing in facts is that mm-hmm. you don't have to, we know you do have opinions, but you don't have to uh, rely on your, like we, we can just deal in cold, hard facts, which I think sometimes Bravo needs, but also another, uh, sorry, I keep throwing ideas your way, no but worries. like, this is the, like you should do like number one Bravo gainer and loser of the week in all shows. Like, you know, like, like OC got the most this week below deck got the lead, you know, like, like pick one. And that way you can tag that person in it and they can put it on their story of like, look, I got the number one game this week, you know? Yes. That's a great idea. Okay. That's definitely going in the bank. (laughs) So, um, Grace Acuna, you, thank you so much for doing this. I know you were probably skeptical about coming on because you didn't know what was happening, but I think (laughs) this is so valid. This is such good information. You guys, I'm going to keep bothering you to follow this account because you were going to thank me later. Is there anything else that we can promote for you or help you out with or anything that you're looking for? Um, no, just if you can follow me on Instagram, Bravoholic data, and this is the first I'm saying it, I don't know when this comes out, but in the next week, I also have a Twitter that I'll be announcing to my Instagram too. Well, then I'll probably wait until next week so we can highlight the Twitter then as well, or I, I don't want people to, I mean, really it, it depends on what, what you're, what you want, but I think it's going to be a great interview whenever, it, but it'll be out in the next week. So you okay, guys, perfect. we're going to follow the Twitter and we're going to follow the Instagram and we're going to share this with our friends. But I think this is the kind of stuff we need to highlight because there's enough goofy people like me. We need people with cold, hard data and facts and people that actually spend their time doing something worthwhile, which I think this is very worthwhile. So thank you for your work personally. And uh, I'm so excited. Please come back anytime or if there's, or, or always just shoot me a message if you notice something really crazy so I can bring it up at the, the, uh, the news portion of the show and say, okay, Bravo Holic data reached out. I need to let you guys know this. So yeah, um, absolutely. Hopefully we'll talk again. Yeah. Thank you. I loved going through the data with you. I haven't done this before. So this has been fun. Oh my God. First, we did it. First podcast. Woo. Woo. Uh, We'll talk to you again. Okay. Thank you so much. Bye. Five, five, four. Betches.